I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. I'm a medical writer and patient educator who lives with a J-pouch due to ulcerative colitis. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to episode 134. My guest is Brad Watson-Davlar from Crohn's Awareness Project and Gaming for Guts. Brad is a newlywed, a new ostomate, and is soon to become a first-time dad. Needless to say, he's got a lot on his plate. He shares the way he worked through his initial resistance to ostomy surgery for his Crohn's disease and how the support of his medical team and his wife helped him come to understand that it was not a failure. He also gives the details on the latest happenings with Gaming for Guts. We last heard from some of the admins of this community on episode 83 which highlighted their annual IBD Awareness Week fundraiser in December. Brad is now putting together an event for World IBD Day on May 19th, which will include the participation of your favorite streamers from the IBD community, as well as some fundraising milestones you won't want to miss. Brad, thank you so much for coming on about IBD. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to get into a lot of the things that you've been experiencing over the past couple of years. But first, let's tell everyone who you are. Would you introduce yourself briefly? Uh, hi, I am Brad Watson Davilar, and I've been raising awareness for IBD since I was in my teen years. I, I have been I have Crohn's. I was diagnosed at the age of 17. And most people know me from either the Crohn's Awareness Project or Gaming for Guts. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. I know you from both. <laughs> but there, I feel, look, we know a lot about each other already, but there's a lot that I don't know about you. And this is one of the weird things I always say about meeting people as you get older in life. You've lived a whole life that I don't know anything about, including your diagnosis journey. So that's where I would really love to start. I'd love to know when you were diagnosed and what that process was like. Well, I... I was diagnosed when I was 17, back in high school, and it's been so long, so the, the memory gets foggy as the years go by, mm -hmm. but I directly remember weeks, if not months, of not being able to make it home from school without an accident, and I was beyond embarrassed and ashamed and would not talk to anyone about it. I didn't know about IBD or anything back then. And I know when I did start talking about it, like my mom and stepdad went the route of, you eat a lot of a lot of bran and stuff like that. It's probably just that. And it would go for a little bit longer before like I was taken in to see a doctor. And I remember my GP being very surly about it too. I don't think he was he was happy that he had to do the extra work to figure out if I had uh, anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It was definitely hard in the earlier years. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it because in high school I was bullied for having Crohn's. I have a mm -hmm. specific memory where a bully shoved me against a locker and asked me, is this where your Crohn's is? And then proceeded to punch me in the guts. So that kept me quiet for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, Understandably. Yeah, like it took me a while. And it wasn't until I was on my own, mm -hmm. like I had my own care, that I realized 
I needed to talk about it more because no one knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was more of an unknown at that point. Mm-hmm. Unknown for you, unknown for everyone around you. It felt both? like in my time in advocacy at that point, mm-hmm. no one knew of Crohn's or IBD, mm-hmm. where compared mm-hmm. to today, people know the terms Crohn's and IBD and have very generalized facts of stuff. And usually it's just, oh, it's that washroom disease. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So like we've come a long way, but we still now need to keep going. (laughs) Right. So I have to point out, Brad, you said washroom because you're Canadian. (laughs) And (laughs) there's a lot of... Bathroom or restroom, which, oh. which, you know, neither one of those things actually makes a lot of sense. I know some places they'll just say toilet, which, yeah, that's what it is, right? You know, bathroom. Well, there's not always a bath. No. Restroom. It's not. I don't you're know. Not is it a place of rest? You're not resting <laughs> usually, um, especially not when you have IBD. You're usually doing something really critical. Mm-hmm. But in Canada, there's a lot of IBD, like uh, I believe even more so than there is in the United States. I think so. So yet it wasn't understood when you were growing up? No, like and I like to get uh, upset at my parents at the time because my grandmother had lupus Mm -hmm. and it's known that that is technically Mm -hmm. where I got Crohn's from because autoimmune disease, you typically get something in the grouping. If it's not IBD, you might get something else. Like a cousin of mine, she, I, I, I can't even remember because it, it took mm-hmm. her 15 years to get diagnosed. But it was, again, it was, I think it's an autoimmune disease that's part of the Ugh, spine. Yeah. But it's, it's a gamble. And her, mm-hmm. my mom and her sisters, mm-hmm. they just had IBS. So like they never really thought about it. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it was an unknown mm-hmm. in my early years. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is true for a lot of people, unfortunately. Even these days, it is a lot different. But I still speak to a lot of people who have the same experience that you did, which is unfortunate. But that's also why we're here. Right. Exactly. So, well, you've been through a lot. So you were <laughs> diagnosed. Many, many things happened to you. And you did wind up having surgery, a few surgeries, I think. So can you take me through, you know, what was it that precipitated the surgery finally? And what made you make the decision to have the surgeries that you did? Well, it's funny because I am like in this journey of healing now Mm -hmm. and I look at myself and I'm like, wow, this is what like a healthier person looks like. And as you know, with social media, it likes to come up with memories and stuff. And memories will come up from just before I had my like big roller coaster fall. And I'd be like, I thought I was healthy then. Mm. And and I'm like, these are two different people still. Mm -hmm. But I remember getting engaged in 2019 And near the end of the year, was feeling rough. Mm -hmm. Thought it was just, you know, it was a bad year. Mm -hmm. Was too stressed out. And that was it. And things kept sliding and sliding. 
and then COVID hit. <laughs> and as you well know, doctors became incredibly hard to see and deal with. So it would take me a year, year and a half of fighting to get people to notice that I was like at the point in early 2020, I was eating double cheeseburgers two to three times a day, every day for a few weeks. I still did not gain a single pound. Mm -hmm. I was like excessively underweight and my doctors did not seem to see it nor he just kept going like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I had a, I remember having a scope in June, 2020. And he finally acknowledged something and was like, okay, we'll change you from Humera to Intivio. And I thought that was going to be good. It was good for a little bit. It took a while. So I got on prednisone after saying I would never do prednisone again. Mm -hmm. I, I actually asked for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... I started bleeding and I would talk to people this type of bleeding. Yeah. Okay. Like I used to, so I used to get blood in my stool and when I did, it'd be like, Oh man, I'd like sit there and look back and like, Oh, I've been stressing pretty hard mm. recently. I need to like try and bring it back. So I thought maybe I've just been stressing mm -hmm. and then it would get it would worse, much, much worse. And I remember <laughs> And she hates that I still remember this, but I, I asked one of my wife's friends about it. And she's like, her comment was, oh, women bleed every month. You're okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's, the, it's from a different place and for yeah, a different reason. And I don't so. think she realized how excessive it was. Yeah, oh, okay. And yeah. I have a bad history as i think i've come to realize that a lot of ibd patients do mm -hmm. we don't like going to the hospital yeah maybe we not kind of kind of avoid it unless we're being like dragged yes so i was deathly skinny mm -hmm. probably pale as all hell <laughs> and my wife and her her mother finally convinced me to go into the hospital and my hemoglobin was i think at 20 mm -hmm. And I was quickly brought in for blood transfusion for my very first time. That was scary. Yeah. And for a few months, I went for blood transfusions until my GP was like, he, he told me basically getting blood is mostly safe, mm -hmm. but there are still risks. Of course. We should try and get your iron levels up so that you can produce blood, mm -hmm. red blood cells. So, okay, let's do that. And we, we go about that, and it's another six months mm -hmm. before I end up uh, losing my GI. He ghosted me. I guess he just had enough. Stop talking to me. Oh, boy. And it would take a few months before I, like, got handed over to another one in, in the office. I think that was my fourth GI in that office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and she, it was a breath of fresh air. And I don't want to use the sex thing but I feel like because I was dealing with a lady she kind of cared more and I think that was a first so she made it her mission mm -hmm. to figure out what was wrong one of the very first things I ever dealt with after being diagnosed was I had an abscess mm -hmm. had quick surgery to have it lance and all that turned into a fissure 
it's been fine for most of my life. It becomes worse here and there. The abscess came back mm -hmm. and came back strong. And then the fissure came back, came back strong. I could not sleep. I could not sit. I could not stand. I could not walk. So after a few months of going to the hospital and all that, we ended up with the point of me going to see a surgeon to have that removed. And when she looked at my, my butt, she was just like, your rectum's toast, dude. Oh. <laughs> like, I actually think you need to look like, we need to like look at removing this. Mm -hmm. And at the time she's like, let's maybe look at doing a resection as well. And this would have been my second resection. And it was like, okay, what, whatever we need to do, I don't like living like this. Mm -hmm. And so I went in for another scope. I was getting scopes two to three times a year. I, I became excellent at scope prep mm -hmm. like that. As everyone knows, People have anxiety around scope prep, as did I. I can do it like this now. Got it out Just of the because way. <laughs> I had to do it so much. Mm -hmm. So I went in. They couldn't get the camera even into my colon. Oh, my gosh. So they're like, okay, colon's got to go. Mm. It's like, okay. During my first resection, I had, they sent me to see a counselor because I might have woken up with uh, an ostomy. Yeah. And at that point... It was the scariest thing in my life. I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot to do with the, the relationship I was in. I didn't believe that I would be seen this, as the same person. Right. My wife makes me feel like the best person every day. So I knew like we still would be okay. And I think that was a huge part of what made me feel comfortable about it. Right. We'd get everything set up, and then I'd be like, okay, I need to get married. Mm -hmm. This is going to take too long. Like, the, it's going to take me out of the picture for too long. I need to get married. So my surgeon and my GI, they, like, powwowed together, and I was basically put on antibiotics, or my antibiotics and steroids were cranked back to their top level, and I was left on those for another half a year. Mm-hmm. Got married and was like, let's do this. And then we went into the surgery. After that, they they let me, they scheduled me to see a, a ostomy nurse, mm -hmm. which for those that get to know that they're having the surgery, like this is a, a benefit. I, I feel terrible for those who just go into it as an emergency surgery. And that's so much harder to deal with. Yeah. So he, as they do, sent me home with samples and I decided that, well, I should get used to this. Mm -hmm. And I stuck one on my spot and wore it for three days. Mm -hmm. Now, I will get into this later because this is going to be in a different question. But I have a new advice for people doing that. But yeah, so generally it was a long story short is I went through so much in those three years yeah. that I was ready for whatever that could give me a better, better life, especially as we were getting ready to start preparing for our, the next chapter of our live, lives.
Brad, did you do anything special to prepare for your wedding? And how did you get through it all? The regimen that I went through to get through that, because it was a weekend event. We were at like this lodge for the weekend. I smoke weed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Admittedly, since being healthier, I smoke far less. How nice is that? Mm-hmm. But for the wedding, I basically was taking THC pills because I didn't want to be smelling like pot mm-hmm. and emodium every few hours for f- three, four days. So I'm pretty sure I had a level of high that was going on always. <laughs> <laughs> but it kept me like level. Right. Like I got through that wedding and my friends, my friends were key it was a, such a monumental weekend to get through, and I don't know how I did it still to this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say, it has been a very eventful few years for you. You had a very eventful pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the milestones just keep coming because your next milestone is fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, this is a gigantic question. How do you think that becoming a dad is going to change your life? Well, the funny thing is I've been talking to my wife a lot about this over the last few months of I, I've i come to realize that obviously there's no perfect time to become a parent. Yep. But this is like, this is a part of my life that I think... I am like beyond ready for. I am ready to focus on someone, some someone, something other than myself. <laughs> because I've just gone through so much and I want to be able to put everything I've learned and co- gone through because everything I've gone through has taught me to be a better person. And like if I became a dad in my early 20s, I just don't think I would be the same dad that I would be right now. Yeah. Like I've come to know so much about myself that I can then use that to be a better father going forward. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be an insanely tough journey. I know that. But I can't help but be extremely excited for everything. And my wife... And her mom liked to say, well, like, what, what happens if she what happens if she gets IBD? I'm like, mm-hmm. I honestly, she'll be OK. She's got me. I, I had no one growing up close to yeah. us that I could turn to. So I just I think it's going to be an insanely amazing time. And I can't wait <laughs> for all the good and bad moments, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that, look, is parenting hard? I mean, that's a dumb (laughs) question, right? Everybody knows that it is difficult. But I will say from my perspective, I went into parenthood in much the same way that you are going into it. Couldn't wait. Long time coming. Wanted to be a mom and had to make it happen Mm -hmm. for myself. A lot of people maybe... (laughs) Might have that journey, that part of the journey be a little bit easier. <laughs> but it had to be very intentional mm-hmm. about the way that I became a mother. And I think what that left me with was such a feeling of gratefulness. 
that even in the difficult parts, I can still find a way to be grateful, if that 100%. makes sense. 100%. I totally get that. Yeah. And I also understand the the the, the caregiving part of it. There's probably a, there's probably like deep psychological things there, <laughs> but I know for myself, <laughs> if I'm caring for someone else, I feel so much better. Yes. Yep. You know, I won't cross the street for myself. Oh my gosh! Yes. But like you know, <laughs> I'll push my wife to like go to the hospital or to see a doctor or whatever, like a hundred percent faster than I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. You know, that's probably not a great way to be, but that's just yeah. how it is. So, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. You do a lot. You're so busy. I'm always in awe of everything that you have going on because, of course, we interact on social media a lot. You've always got something <laughs> cooking. Um, I don't know. Not convinced that you're not actually two people. <laughs> But so let's talk about this, though. Let's talk about your work in the IBD community, your work with the group Gaming for Guts. Can you give me a description of Gaming for Guts and then the kind of events that you all have had over the yeah, years? Yeah, for sure. So Gaming for Guts is a growing community of both beautiful people with IBD and amazing friends and family support who support people with IBD. Um, we started as a little ragtag group. Just Rob and I, Rob came to me through Crohn's Awareness Project and thought, like, was like, hey, I want to get together with you to look at starting something to help raise awareness and ultimately become a proper charity. And it, it was amazing because at that point I had crashed and burned a charity attempt because I went mm -hmm. so hard trying to make something huge and then mm -hmm. this thing just came into my lap and it was so small and it was just for fun. And mm -hmm. over the years, we've just kept growing, but like as a, just a little community. And we have done so much for our little group. Like I can't, ugh, I am so proud of everyone that is part of it. And in the, I think we're nine years this year. Over that time, we've raised just over $61,000 American, which is unfathomable, honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm, and then I mm -hmm. like to put it into Canadian dollars and it's like over <laughs> 80,000. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, so we, we wanted to make a charity that was for people like us because mm -hmm. and it's changed a, a lot since we first started. But at that point, most IBD charities were runs, walks, big galas. Mm -hmm. We're introverts. We don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> so, you know, a bunch of introverts get yeah. together and we play some video games and we just have a good time. You know, there's nothing mm -hmm. better than that. <laughs> I agree completely. <laughs> Tell me about the event that you have coming up, the next event that you're doing for Ooh, World IBD Day. So, um, of, as, as it's known, we've talked a little bit. I'm Canadian. Uh, the, <laughs> Sorry. No, kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway. The only on. Canadian in the group, out of the, the administration, that is. Yeah. Um, so I get, I get ragged on a lot. It's fun. Yeah. I've been trying to get myself noticed by Crohn's and Colitis Canada, and they actually came to us requesting for us to do something for them. 
worse time, but hey, we're getting with it. <laughs> yep. yep. So, you know, it took some serious thought because I don't I don't want to overload people. So we have our main event mm-hmm. in December and I didn't want to have anything like directly corresponding right around that time. And it was like, mm-hmm. OK, what's what's another big IBD time in the year? World IBD Day. And we'd never really done much for it. Last year, we attempted to start doing a stream. It was small, made a little money. It's okay. Well, not made, donate, like made donations. Yeah. This this time, as I like to put it on the ads, G for G is going Canadian, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Put that put that uh, Canadian accent on there. So Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be interesting. We're going to be doing as many Canadian centric themed things as we can uh i have done my best to research canadian games canadian devs so my my hope is that we're actually doing it more with a canadian flair like almost everything just because i wanted to 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 differentiate it from the main event as much as possible um so there'll be pancakes There'll be maple syrup. I don't know if I've, you've seen my post, but one of my incentives will be for X amount of dollars uh, donated or every X amount of don- dollars donated. I will take maple syrup shots. <laughs> if you've seen Super well, Troopers. I, okay, but why is that hard? Like, that's not hard. It adds Brad. up. <laughs> it adds up. <laughs> I want, unfortunately, actually, you know, we might bring in... Um, one of our milestones that we didn't get to do from the main event due to personal things happening behind the scenes with some friends. And I might do my hot sauce, uh, my hot ones challenge okay. in in there. We'll see. I've got the hot sauces. So what would the challenge be? I know that's like a big thing now is like there are podcasts and stuff where people eat hot peppers or eat uh, spicy mm-hmm. foods what what would the challenge I, be just well, eating something I, or will you do it on a we stream we would do it on stream um my mm-hmm. goal was to do it as close to hot ones as possible so it would basically okay. have one person that would have a set of questions obviously ibd related and awareness related and we'd throw in some fun ones and just have people do the gauntlet and see what happens like <laughs> the interviews that happen out of those out of hot ones are amusing because yeah. the hot sauce tends to take people out of their element and make them open mm-hmm. up so much more. So I'm curious to see how it works. It'll be fun. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so so you're going to be streaming. How many people are streaming? And then it's on May 19th. Is it so? Starting? Yeah, we. My original plan was like, let's do it on World IBD Day. Yeah. And then we had a group conversation. And I'm actually happy because I wasn't sure of how many people were going to come in for this one. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, let's just do it like we do it. Let's do the whole weekend. It's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Let's do the whole weekend. As it always tends to be, uh, this is a monumental effort. So right now, I know we have a good eight to ten people confirmed, but it's been nice because Crohn's and Colitis Canada has been amazing. Like they have mm-hmm. been corresponding with me constantly. Anytime I like request something, they're there with it. 
Oh, it's been nice. <laughs> it's been real good. And so are you still looking for people to stream? Yes, 100%. And so what what would be the best way for somebody to get involved with the community and learn if they're interested in streaming or uh, just perhaps watching the stream or donating or watching you all eat hot food or take <laughs> shots of, of maple syrup. I'll, I would do that challenge. But anyway, how can folks get involved? So generally you can find us on most social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, via at Gaming for Guts. Our Discord is one of the better places to talk with us and the community. That one's a little harder. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a a link for that because mm -hmm. that it's numbers and letters and stuff but yeah. our, our discord yeah. community is a very loving group of people i'm actually very impressed mm -hmm. with our community like I, I love them and that would be the best place to reach out because then there are multiple people that can uh, get back to you where on social media it's it's a bit more of a free-for-all so yeah, I would say Discord is easily mm -hmm. the best place. You can find us also on Tiltify. That is our donation page. I would say yeah, come come find us on on Discord. Say say what mm -hmm. you want, and we'll be there. <laughs> right, definitely. There I'm in the go. Discord server as well. It's always nice to be part of a supportive community, and especially one that is yes. moderated. So we'll just leave well, that. At the nice that. <laughs> thing about Discord over, say, Facebook, like the Facebook groups, is mm -hmm. Discord. You can have set sections. So if people don't want to yes. like be inundated with health problems constantly, they don't have to. Like they can come and just participate mm -hmm. in the fun parts. But if they want to have questions answered or find out more, then they've got that health spot. Because I know some people have told me that that's mm -hmm. why they don't like Facebook groups. So it, it is a open and varied place. <laughs> and you won't have people telling mm -hmm. you that your feelings aren't valid because I've heard that too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's true. You know, I have all of my professional pages, right? So that's where a lot of that stuff is. And I can be intentional about engaging with it. But if you're just logging into your Facebook page because you're just wanting to interact with family, see the latest pictures of somebody's vacation, mm -hmm. but you are not in a place where you're willing or, or you're ready, I should say, to engage with health content and that's completely valid but then it's there and it there's yeah. not really great ways to sort of segment it i do love that about discord and discord servers in general is that you can decide where you want to be and it mm -hmm. doesn't take a lot of effort no. so you're right about that and then also too a lot of us have things in common that have nothing to do with ibd exactly and we can get all nerdy about it in there, and it's really, that's that's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Brad, as a new ostimate, I think it's been about a year for you. Eight months. 
Oh, it's only been eight months. Yeah. Here. I'm I know. Time. It's, if time feels like it's flying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it does. Well, it's because, you know, you keep yourself busy. <laughs> um, but, but things are still really fresh for you is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. And so I'm wondering if you have any advice for people looking back on your past eight months for those having ostomy surgery in their future, what might you say to them? Well, one of the things I would definitely start with is a correction of my own feelings from before Mm -hmm. my surgery, which was I thought having an ostomy was the end of the road. Mm -hmm. That was you basically failed everything. You f***ed up. There's my first swear. Beep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So you you messed up and it's on you. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like a feeling of failing. And that was for a a huge majority of my life, the way I thought of ostomies Mm -hmm. until I and I admittedly I avoided the subject because Mm -hmm. I don't like talking about stuff that I don't have personal um, experience with. I don't want to be giving misinformation. So I just I I avoided it Mm -hmm. and I was afraid of it. (laughs) As I mentioned before, personal issues, people I was with. So going into this, I tried to be as open as possible. And as I said, my wife was a huge help. And I mentioned earlier that I got to see an ostomy nurse and one of the biggest helps was definitely testing that bag. Yeah. Having that bag on me, getting used to the feeling. Um, and I take it a step further for people, which I learned in talking with people about it was maybe put some water in there, put mm-hmm. some oatmeal, um, put something pudding. in it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Oatmeal and pudding are two good ones. Yeah. Um, it'll give you a sense of what, like what the weight feels like. Mm-hmm. But the best or the the main part was getting used to it in bed, I think, was was the most helpful bit. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you after eight months, I wish this was something that I thought of earlier because I feel like I lost Mm -hmm. decades of myself. And you mentioned how you think I'm two people all at once. Well, I feel like it's because I'm trying to catch up for all the lost time of being sick and not being able Mm -hmm. to do the things I wanted to do. I want people to know that ostomies are not an end, but merely a beginning, a fresh start. (laughs) And you're not the first person I've heard say that also. So I think it's worth reinforcing Mm -hmm. that for some people, it can be a really great decision and can give them give them their life back or give them a life. Yes. Um, because, yeah, watching you go through all of this, get down to where you weren't keeping the weight on, you were bleeding, you were very transparent about your whole journey this whole time. You were using your artwork. I'm going to make an assumption that you use your artwork to help you cope a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it also gave me and all of the rest of your followers a way to understand what was happening to you and hopefully people outside of the IBD community a way to understand what it was like to mm-hmm. be you. And I think you're right coming at it from the mental space 
understanding that it is going to be something that's going to be a positive thing in your life and approaching mm-hmm. it in that way is going to be the best way mm-hmm. to ensure that you have a, a good outcome, I think. I would also say, and I know it would probably be hard for some people at first, but being open about it is also truly helpful. My friends, yeah. like I was open with my friends and everything, and they, it, admittedly, my friends were really good. They they asked me questions and like they they looked right. I showed I've been very open about showing Sean and showing what he's looked like through every stage. Even mm-hmm. when I messed up and he wasn't looking so good, I still show that. But I I am thankful for friends who want to learn and not mm-hmm. just be like no, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that it does help. Like you're not you're not going through it alone. If your friends are there beside you still. Absolutely. Well, Brad, I want to ask you about your wedding. (laughs) I want to ask you. (laughs) Here, Brad's like, well, you know, how long do you have? (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of my wedding. I was married at Medieval Times in New Jersey. And so we got married in what was uh, Renaissance Italian style clothing. Um, You yourself wore a kilt for Heck your yeah. wedding. So tell, tell me about that decision and what that was like. Well, and amusingly enough to go back to the bit of seeing my ostomy nurse, when I had my placement for where Sean would go, the one concern was, I want to wear my kilt. <laughs> <laughs> so he made sure to put it in a spot that would not hinder when I was wearing my kilt. Mm-hmm. Those that might know, I am um, Gaelic in descent, mm-hmm. as might see it in my beard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am from Nova Scotia. I do have a family tartan mm-hmm. uh, from the Watson clan, but it was I had not seen it in person up until my wedding. And pictures of it, it's very mustardy. And I was like, I don't want that. So I went with my home tartan, the the Nova Scotia tartan. It's beautiful colors. Yeah. And I think that was the one thing for my whole adult life was when I got married, I wanted to wear a kilt. And it's actually a tradition in my side of the family. Everyone has done, or all the males have done it, except for my father. It's something growing up, it was a dream and a tradition and i had to keep that tradition going and now i have that kilt for me with me for life and i will wear it for all my daughter's special events and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is my formal wear now (laughs) i love that and it made for some spectacular photography as well and so i want to make sure that everyone can get access to where your uh, all of your creative endeavors are showcased so that they can enjoy it as much as I have. So take me through. This may take a this may take a hot minute to take through all of the social media. Can you tell me where we can send people? And I'll put it all in the show notes, of course. But where can folks find you so that they can engage with you further? Okay. Well, on Twitter, you can find me mostly at at BW Photo Canada. On Facebook, it's Crohn's Awareness Project. Instagram would be BW Photo as well. 
as you can see, I I did not do good with separating. I had started <laughs> separated and then for whatever reason decided, nope. <laughs> I am just going to be open and mm-hmm. show who I am, even on my photography side. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's gone okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, mostly you can find me either BW Photo or the Crohn's Awareness Project. And obviously mm-hmm. Gaming for Guts, but that's the group effort. <laughs> right. And Gaming for Guts has the Discord server. You're also on Twitter as Gaming for Guts. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But and Instagram. Twitter and Discord are probably the most active. Well, it does seem to be working for you, like I said. <laughs> um, you do have a very strong presence on social media. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your journey with everyone in the way that you have. You probably hear back from people all of the time, but I will say that probably for every one person that gets back to you and lets you know that you have made a difference in their life, there's probably 10 more that for whatever reason, are, are you have made a difference for them, but maybe they just aren't really able to tell you in that way. So it's been so incredible to watch your journey, to see that you are feeling so much better now to be married. You have a baby on the way. I can't wait to see what you do with the photography <laughs> for that baby. That's going to be fantastic. Oh, trust me, plans are... <laughs> I've already got our six-month Christmas photos planned out. <laughs> like, yo. You know what? That's amazing. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> so, and then thank you for engaging with me and letting me know about the event that you have coming up for World IBD Day with Gaming for Guts. And it won't be the last one. There'll be many more to come in future years for anyone who's listening to this after World (laughs) IBD Day in 2023. So thank you, Brad. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for everything you do for the community. And I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey, super listener. Thanks to Brad Watson Davlar for sharing his journey and for putting so much of his wisdom and experience back into the IBD community. You can find him across the interwebs as Crohn's Awareness Project and BWD Photo Canada. Gaming for Guts is the community that's sponsoring the World IBD Day event the weekend of May 19th. You can find them all over the interwebs as Gaming for Guts, and that's with the number four. Links to a written transcript, everyone's social media handles, the link to the Gaming for Guts Discord server, and more information on the topics we discussed is in the show notes and on my episode 134 page on aboutibd.com. You can follow me, Amber Tresca, across all social media as About IBD. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Malintal Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresca. Mix and sound design is by Mac Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio. G for G is going connect. <laughs> G for- <laughs>